0: Welcome in everyone and thank you for listening to the 114th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle?
1: I'm great, Cameron. Really? More like coming to you live from election purgatory. Well, first of all, we're not live. True. Second of all, Yes. Election day is yesterday. Today is Wednesday. We don't know who is president. Here we are.
0: No. Well, we don't know. We don't know when we'll know. I think we'll know something right about the time we're wrapping this up. Hmm. A few more uh, votes will be tallied. Either way, we'll be here talking Mizzou. So, fear not.
1: I Um, wanted to see how you'd wrap that back into uh, Mizzou Sports.
0: (laughs) No matter who is president... (laughs)
1: We always have Missouri sports.
0: Unless they have a, a blatant anti Mizzou agenda, then we will be here. Unless I thought about that. What if, like, um, Bill Self became president?
1: I would not vote for him. No.
0: <laughs> and he <laughs> censored all Mizzou media. Big. That would be the end of us. The big Kansas censorship of Missouri. He'd do it. I could see it. Yeah he'd be a tyrant. (laughs) Anyway, this is the Missouri sports podcast. We're going to talk about the unfortunate loss to the Florida Gators. We're going to talk about that brawl. We're going to talk about Dan Mullen. We're going to pick some SEC games, but first we've got a little bit of news and it is a really very little bit. Uh, Mizzou basketball, will open their season at home against Oral Roberts on November 25th. It's right around the
1: corner. I'm ready for some basketball.
0: 21 days away. Three weeks from tonight.
1: I feel like college basketball normally is starting around this time of year, maybe within the next week or so. So it's starting a little bit later than normal. Yeah. But it'll be here. Yep. I'm just glad it seems to have... Well, we really don't have any clarity at this point. We actually just found about, found out about the Oral Roberts game a, a few minutes ago. Um, we know about that game. We know about the Bradley game, and we don't know really any other – we don't have any other clarity on uh, on non-conference games.
0: We know there's not going to be a Kansas game. We hope there's an Illinois game. Do we know anything we about sure that? We sure hope
1: so. That's I think that's all we know at this point.
0: We know there's not going to be any uh, early season tournaments in Orlando. Nebraska ruined that for us. Other than that – Typical. Uh, we know that there's going to be an SEC season. We know
1: we're playing, what, like TCU and yeah. the Big 12 SEC that challenge. challenge.
0: Did you see that the, I think it was the Pac-12 released their conference basketball schedule?
1: Uh, yes, and I think that we should be getting the SEC schedule pretty soon. I heard that it could come this week.
0: So they're doing it in an interesting way. I don't know if you noticed, but like, uh, let's say, for example, Washington would travel to Southern California and play UCLA and USC in back-to-back games, and then go home. So they're like trying to kind of bunch the games up a little bit.
1: Like when you say back-to-back, you're like the same day, or no, just no, like no, 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 okay, no. okay.
0: Like those are just back-to-back opponents on the schedule. Gotcha. Um, like a Wednesday Saturday. Okay, that makes sense. And then. They're even, I think, they're even doing, like, uh, Stanford goes to Washington, plays Washington two times in a row, both at Washington, and then plays Washington State, and then other teams will play twice in a row at Stanford and stuff like that.
1: It's not really ideal for the schedule, I suppose, but when you really think about the logistics of travel, yeah, that's, that's reasonable. Yeah. You know, at one point on this podcast, we tried to think about some, uh, some COVID Travel logistics true. with our conference realignment, yeah, and it didn't go as well as the Pac twelve.
0: Well, the, the our conference realignment pretty much kept the Pac twelve intact. <laughs> That's true, and basically didn't limit travel whatsoever, <laughs> just at large.
1: Yeah, but w- that, that unless I,
0: you count reducing air travel, which you did a great job of. Oh, thank you with the beach conference. Yes, because everybody could much. travel by vote
1: yeah (laughs) I shouldn't have brought that up Um, no but yeah that um, it will be interesting to see if the SEC tries to do something like that Um, there's got to be some explanation for why we don't know what the schedule is yet so hopefully we're finding that out soon
0: as long as there's basketball I will be happy Kyle Missouri lost to Florida 41 to 17 so uh, they had won two games in a row the fan base was feeling pretty good. I want to say Dave Matter even picked Missouri to win this game. We on the podcast last week both picked Missouri to lose. Maybe we're just trying to play it safe. But Florida was number 10 in the country. It was in the swamp. Do you think it would be too, like, uh, rude of Missouri social media when they put, like, Como, Plain, Emoji, the swamp if they just put como plain emo- emoji swamp it'd be like we're going to a swamp
1: i personally feel like that would be perfectly reasonable okay. and acceptable and a little funny
0: kind of like yeah it's a swamp it's not yeah. the swamp <laughs> anyway
1: i'd never thought about that i'm going to be completely honest well,
0: welcome to my brain <laughs> uh, i don't know how we want to go about this the it, it started out okay um then it got bad then it got weird and then it was bad the rest of the way pretty much so missouri punted on their first offensive possession and they also punted about 50 billion times in this game and none of the punts went more than oh 17
1: yards yeah we were trying to watch this game together actually uh producer cameron uh you were busy that night that's okay we respect your decision uh, but we were watching this this game together at, at my house, and it was supposed to be on the SEC Network alternate channel, and it was just not coming on our television for the first, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes. So we missed pretty much, like, the best part of the entire first quarter. I'm pretty sure, like, Jalen Knox had, like, a big run for, like, 30-plus yards. Not the best part.
0: Well, the first quarter, maybe. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Missed that. But, um, yeah, M- Missouri's offense struggled. Right off the bat, couldn't get much going. But they were they were holding Florida in check for a while there, too, though. Yeah, H-
0: held Florida to a field goal. Uh, Missouri punted again, but then on Florida's next possession, Missouri got a pick six. Jarvis Ware picked one off, returned it all the way to the goal line, almost lost it. <laughs> that would have been very Mizzou thing to do, return it all the way to the goal line and then, like, fumble it out the back of the end zone for a touchback. But he... Bobbled it a little bit, regained possession, and it was a touchdown. So Missouri took a seven to three lead. Um, that was a huge play, and after that, it was like, well, thank goodness we got that defensive score because the offense is doing nothing. Yeah. But at least the defense seems to be slowing Florida down to some extent, and you know held them to a couple field goals early, and things were looking okay. There was a lot of punting going on it just seemed like Florida kind of was dominating the field position battle. Yeah. Like neither offense really was getting a whole lot going, but Florida was starting at such, was such a field position advantage that they only had to move the ball, you know, 30 or 40 yards, get in field goal range and get some points on the board. Whereas Missouri was always starting deep in their own territory. And, um, you know just couldn't get anything going to even get in field goal range
1: yeah this was definitely a uh, kind of a reality check for Missouri and really for us I guess because we were we were feeling pretty good coming out of those those two consecutive wins but um, this was uh, also kind of a, a reality check I think for the offensive line I think they had been playing really well um, this far in the season especially given some of the circumstances they've been dealing with they've have been dealing with a few injuries and stuff off and on, but I feel like it really caught up with them this game. And, uh, Larry Boreham, he, he missed this game. He's still going to miss a few more games. Uh, I think we are without Zeke Powell. And so we, they, they looked it, like they were in over their heads a little bit in this game. And Florida's got a, a pretty good, um, front seven. So in, they, they looked pretty dominant. Um, at least in, in that way.
0: Yeah. Missouri's offense couldn't really get anything going. Um, Let's see here. Looking at the rushing numbers. Um, 23 carries for 40 yards for the Missouri offense. That's counting negative 16 yards for Connor Bazelak. But uh, that's also, I mean, Tyler Beatty, two carries for negative two yards.
1: Yeah, this is a weird game for Tyler Beatty as well. I feel like he was not used very much at all. a lot less than i feel like he's been used maybe in his entire missouri career he was just not out there much and was not effective when he was out there yep
0: three total touches for three total yards and then uh factoring into those rushing numbers is that kiki chisholm one rush for negative 15
1: that was awful
0: yeah but uh larry roundtree nothing doing for him either 14 carries 36 yards 2.6 yards per carry did find the end zone late but, yeah, the uh, the offense was struggling mightily. Offensive line couldn't really hold it together. Seemed like Florida was just getting through the line of scrimmage pretty much whenever they wanted. like didn't have a lot of time ever. And when he did, it just seemed like Florida was playing decent coverage on the back end. I mean, it was just a solid defensive performance all around for Florida, I would say.
1: Yeah, they, they were really tight the whole game. And um, – Kiki Chisholm, I think he was the leading receiver for Missouri in this game. Uh, He had the most targets and the most receiving yards. Um, So I guess it's good to see him kind of get back on track. I feel like a lot of it was kind of garbage time, and they were kind of just throwing an easy pitch and catch with with a few of the receivers there in the the second half and just trying to get something going. But uh, I really don't think Missouri had very many plays that went for more than 20 or 30 yards in this game. Just everything seemed very small ball the whole time. They didn't really try very much downfield outside of a
0: well one deep shot they were gonna take was the chisholm end around where it looked like he was supposed to throw it deep to michael wilson wilson completely covered up do you think he was supposed to throw that it it kind of looked like it i mean and uh i saw i think dave matter tweeting about the fact that chisholm was a high school quarterback Mm. so Mm. i it's you know he was kind of he was peeling out really wide and uh in theory to be able to get his momentum going downfield for the pass yeah kind of holding it with one hand that's what it seemed like to me and wilson was immediately running as fast as he could into towards the end zone but uh he had a defender right there with him step for step
1: it's no lsu defense that's for sure no definitely not well they attempted one other deep shot and that was a jalen knox dropped pass oh, yes. so that was also very painful yeah just nothing really worked out in this game um
0: we saw some hope uh, for Missouri in this one late into the first half. Um, Florida did finally score a touchdown. Um, I think that put them up 13-7. to And then uh, on Missouri's ensuing possession, they fumbled the, ball, fumbled the ball, gave it right back to Florida. That was a botched handoff between Bazelak and Beatty. And maybe that early mistake, if... The coaching staff thought it was Beatty's fault. Maybe that played into his touches down the stretch, but um, looked like Bazelak wanted to keep it. And, you know, we've seen that before on sort of like those read option plays where the back and the quarterback just aren't quite on the same page.
1: Yeah, just some indecision. And I think Beatty thought he was getting the ball and and Bazelak thought he was keeping it. And they just kind of both held on to it too long and scored it up in the air. Yeah.
0: And, I mean, the whole point of that type of play is to – the quarterback is waiting as long as he can to actually make that decision to see right. what the defense is doing. And that's just going to happen sometimes. I mean, we see that in the NFL when they try to run those plays and teams that are very good at running the read option still right. have that mistake happen every once in a while.
1: When you're asking the players to literally make a decision on the spot, that can allow for mistakes like that to happen. Yeah. And But if you do it right, it can be very successful when oh, the quarterback yeah. makes the right read and you got a quarterback seen, with some speed.
0: We've seen Missouri uh, and Bazlack run that successfully this season. Yeah, so I'm sure we haven't seen the last of it. Uh, of course, with that momentum change, um, you know, you just almost expect the opposing team to put it in the end zone on the next play, and that's exactly what exactly what Florida did. Uh, they threw a touchdown pass to the running back right there, and then uh, Missouri punted on their last possession of the first half. Florida actually got the ball back one last time to maybe try to get in field goal range or something. They weren't able to do that, but it was a really weird end to the first half. Obviously, we know the biggest part of it, but even before that, there was a couple penalties on Missouri that like extended the half. Yeah. There was the last play was an untimed down because of offsides, I think. Yeah. And uh, so.
1: Yeah, it was a very slow and painful ending there to the half.
0: uh, Yeah. Not fun. Yeah. I mean, Florida scored that, that second to last touchdown with one minute and 41 seconds remaining in the half and it had been a pretty quick half with, you know, not a lot of scoring and, um, the clock running most of the time. But then that the fumble, then another touchdown, then a Missouri punt. Then the last play of the first half, Kyle Trask gets hit late. It was, you know, You'd have to be a pretty biased Mizzou fan to say that there was nothing wrong with the play. Um, it was definitely late, and there was no penalty.
1: Yeah, I think all rational people could... Or most rational people could, could agree, yes. Late hit, was it dirty? No, probably not. But it was it deserving of a flag? Probably. Probably. But was it worthy of a brawl? Probably not.
0: Absolutely not. I mean, if, this, if that play happens... Any other time than the last play of the first half where teams are now away from their bench and coaches or a coach in particular has the opportunity to run across the field to the other team's uh, side uh, closer to their bench and start yelling at them, if it happens any other time than that, then uh, it's pretty obvious that no brawl breaks out, but that's not what happened. So the teams were headed to the locker rooms and. Dan Mullen decided that he needed to have words with a couple of Missouri players. And then it just kind of got weird from there.
1: Yeah, I think there was definitely some, <clears throat> some debate on whether or not he was actually talking to the Missouri players. But uh, you can see the kind of the defensive lineman kind of walking off the field. And you can, if you really slow it down, he's clearly looking at them. They're giving him the like, who are you kind of look. And there's clearly some communication going on there and uh yeah he's he's yelling at Ryan Walters too at one point and uh and th- there it was that was the that was the gas on the flame that that ignited everything and uh i did not like Dan Mullen coming into this game i he's just a character he's i just needs attention and uh now that he has a pretty good team and he had has had a pretty good team i think he likes to uh i don't know man he's just always saying something in his news news conferences and stuff like that, but he's a extravagant personality. So he, I don't know why he felt like that was necessary, but he, uh, he, he did. So he ran right out there.
0: Yeah. I mean, very clearly. I mean, obviously the, the benches are on the sidelines on opposite sidelines. He was very clearly across the field towards Missouri sidelines. I believe each team can go into the locker room in, the, in their own corner of the end zone. It's not some weird situation where they're both entering the locker room on the same corner. So there's really no reason for him to be that far over there. And, uh, yeah, it, it definitely from looking at the video, it looks like the Mizzou players are kind of looking at him like what's going on. And then, yeah, I mean, there was a, a Mizzou coach kind of like in the middle of the scrum at one point that had fallen down and there was definitely punches being thrown from both sides and mullen just kind of yelling at people whoever would look at him he was yelling at them that whole time and finally got it got separated and then interject anywhere you feel necessary but um the referee the head referee called both coaches over and it looked like eli drinkwitz he was very confused he had no idea how this got started. He didn't understand quite... It didn't seem like he understood why Mullen was so angry. And he looked genuinely confused, like he was trying to make sense of everything. Mullen was fired up this entire time. The ref was explaining something to them. I'm probably just explaining to them that every player on their team now had an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. (laughs) And... Drinkwitz tried to walk away from that little puddle a couple times.
1: and Got roped back. Yeah, yeah. The ref is probably just saying, no, "No, we don't want any more of this now." But uh, I mean, yeah, Dan Mullen still still hot. I mean, he's just going well, crazy. Yeah, the, the
0: very last thing he did was he came out of the tunnel again and pumped up the crowd some more. Like, like you did a good thing. Like I, I don't know. Yeah, cheer for us that we had a fight. I don't know what what he's thinking there.
1: He, I, I have no idea, and he's just an idiot, honestly. And uh, did you see that he came to his his post game press conference dressed as Darth Vader? Yeah. Like, okay, I get it's Halloween and you're trying to be funny, but like your team just had a massive brawl at halftime, and it's your fault. Yeah. And to it's just like so. Narcissistic and like tone deaf. Yes, tone to, deaf is what I was going to say. To come out and dress like that, I just like making a joke out really of it. Basically, weird. I don't know if that was his plan before the <laughs> game or not, but it's just
0: it yeah. Just, I, if you've got a costume uh and then you know it's something like that happens, maybe I just nix yeah. the costume. Maybe just don't wear it. Yeah, we'll just let's just get through
1: this. Like, sorry, next game or maybe, maybe actually next game wouldn't work. Next ring, <laughs> <week, laughs> next not, yeah, you might next Halloween
0: have, <laughs> this year. Coach, you're not going to get to wear a costume to your post-game press conference. Sorry. Yeah. I know it's Halloween, but well, this this year we're going to just say no costume.
1: Well, he's he's too important to have anybody tell him, like, not this time.
0: <laughs> There's got to be a PR person there who's just like...
1: Well, exactly. That either just is hey, like, I'm not going to yeah. even interject this time. I'd hate to be his PR person. He yeah. doesn't even listen to you. No. Steamrolls over you. (laughs) Yeah, does whatever he wants to do.
0: Yeah, he was he was already kind of uh, setting himself up to not be. I'm putting this delicately the most liked coach in the SEC when he, uh, you know, he's had some kind of again tone deaf complaints
1: recently about the attendance at Kyle Field. Well, he started off as. Press conference this week by talking about how his players weren't able to practice because of Election Day. Yeah. Like, like, I, oh God forbid. Yeah, like seriously. <laughs> like he just read the room exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Man.
1: it's like yeah, literally
0: all the teams are in the same boat. Like nobody practiced yesterday to ensure that student athletes could vote. <laughs> <laughs> like, is that okay, sir? Oh man,
1: is that okay, sir? <laughs> sir Jeez. Florida man Is that okay?
0: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> living up to the stereotype oh man um, I, I guess you never want to see players fighting each other that was it was I don't know it was frustrating that I don't know I, I don't know what else to say about it I mean
1: especially the like just the way Missouri finished the half Dan Mullen, I already can't stand him coming out and yelling at the players like and igniting a brawl. Like it was just so frustrating and uh I, you know, we're going to talk about the second half, but that did that did not go good either, you know. Th- this whole game was just kind of not ideal and <laughs> it was kind of rough. Yeah.
0: every pretty much every aspect of it, you want to forget pretty much immediately.
1: Yeah. So Dan Mullen gets fined $25,000 the same f- Amount that Lane Kiffin gets fined last week for criticizing the refs. Um, I don't. I don't really. I haven't really thought honestly about whether or not that's a worthy penalty. But to me, that just says the SEC realized that he is at fault. He is the one that started the the brawl. Uh, Missouri's got three players that are gonna miss the first half against Georgia. That's uh, Chad Bailey, Dylan Spencer, who I believe Dylan Spencer was starting offensive line because of injuries, and then Marquel who obviously had a uh, pretty significant role in the D line as well. So but considering everything that went down, I really thought that we could see some worse suspensions than that. So I, I feel like uh Missouri's fairly fortunate to only have three guys missing a half against Georgia after after that mess.
0: <laughs> I'm reading the uh ESPN article that is kind of detailing the SEC's reaction to the whole thing. And uh this part, let me, uh, this was written by Heather Dinich, ESPN senior senior writer. Um, this part I found interesting. Quote, uh, Mullen said his players believed they were acting in defense of quarterback Kyle Trask, thinking the hit he suffered on the final play of the first half was unfair. They're going to protect him, Mullen said. That's their guy. He added, everybody was a little edgy and probably went a little too far with it.
1: <laughs> again, did, did he ever take responsibility for his actions in this whole thing at any point? Again, like, again he's kind of like blaming his players for the for the brawl almost in that yeah. statement. He's saying... Well, he's blaming Missouri's players, but he's also... But yeah, Missouri's
0: not, players and then we just... Our Florida players justifiably were upset. Yes. And I mean... I wish we could have seen maybe a wider angle of the very beginning of the altercation because really all you see is Mullen yelling and then a little bit further towards like the locker room side is where it all kind of the actual fighting breaks out. I wish we could have seen what was happening a little bit further down while Mullen was yelling, but I don't know. It just seems like if Mullen is. Way out there, like, uh, trying to get his guys to just go to the locker room, you know, if he's got his back turned to the Missouri bench, escorting his guys back, then I'm praising him right now right. for doing a good job. Yeah. And I always think it's kind of funny that when when players or coaches are trying to, like, break up a fight or get guys away from each other, they're always, like, facing the opposition and like telling them to get back and you can tell when guys are like really trying to help the situation because they're facing their own team and just have their back to the opposition telling their guys to get back
1: yeah i kind of feel like nobody should ever have to hold like a head coach back like in a in that kind of situation like i feel like that's almost always a bad look if you're like random analysts and like assistant coaches are, or even players are having to hold you back from continuing to make the scene a disaster. And that was what was happening.
0: <sighs> I, I was just talking last week about a YouTube video I watched of like uh, college football coaches behaving badly. <laughs> and now uh, this is going to be the highlight. Yeah, is going to be the main attraction of another one of those videos. Yep. And Dan Mullen was already present quite a bit in the in the video I already watched.
1: Yeah, this is not the first time that he's done something like this.
0: I still kind of crack up at Drinkwitz's reaction. Like, he he's even like got his hand like one hand in his pocket part of the time, and he just like got his hand like up like, what? Yeah. Are you serious right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, which almost kind of seemed like the Missouri players' reaction initially too was just like a, like trying to figure out why they were being screamed at by the opposing coach.
0: Yeah, and we talked about, while it was happening, the fact that it may have been a huge blessing that Drinkwitz didn't actually see Mullen instigating anything. Because if he had, then he might have been pretty fired up and aggravated. Yeah. And so he had just, from the fact that he wasn't aware exactly, he had the ability to just genuinely not know. Yeah. And then probably worked out better for him in the long run Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i guess one last note on this but i just feel like he handled himself very very well Uh, coach Drinkwitz, i think even in the post post game he was saying like nobody wants this like we you know this is a bad look and uh you know i i feel like he understood the magnitude and he he understood how to uh you know handle the situation and dan mullen showed up as darth vader yeah so yeah
0: did the opposite yeah and the waving back to the fans at the end was like, kind of like the icing on the cake for me. Um, back to the actual football game. Uh, luckily, there was no further altercation the rest of the game. So, good on them for that. Florida comes out right after halftime, scores another quick touchdown to go up 27-7. to Missouri punts on their next two possessions. Florida scores again to make it 34-7. to and it's basically garbage time at that point. Uh, I think Florida did put in a uh, backup quarterback late. Missouri eventually got a field goal. Harrison Mevis did. Mevis? What are we saying? I don't care. What are we saying on this podcast? I you choose.
1: <laughs> I think you really like Mevis, so we can go with that. Have That's we, what you like to gravitate towards. Yeah, yeah. So.
0: Have we talked have I given have I g- given my <laughs> explanation?
1: Uh I don't think so.
0: Pronounce M-E-V.
1: Mev, which that, is not a word. I know. But still makes sense.
0: That's where I'm coming from. I realize pronounce M-E. Yeah, I get that. I don't know. I'll look it up. I'll just look it up. I, I, I think don't I've already said I that. I really
1: have no idea what his name is.
0: He missed a field goal Kay. early. Um, maybe they just wanted to get him, get some confidence instilled in the young man. Uh, I am still confident in his kicking abilities, Mm -hmm. despite him missing a field goal in the first half. Uh, He did make a field goal, and then Missouri got kind of a garbage time touchdown, but it was a a nice little drive, 11 plays, 75 yards. Roundtree got it in the end zone. And, yeah, we ended up with a final score of 41-17.
1: Yeah, it was good for uh, Mevis or Mevis, Harrison M to (laughs) – uh, make a field goal see it go through the uprights uh, later in the game I think that they it was even a situation where they could have gone for it but they just let him kick to get his confidence back uh, it's good that uh, we were able to kind of pioneer a successful drive at the, at the end of this kind of disaster of a game there really isn't a lot of takeaways from from the second half uh, Kadarius Tony is a really really good player for Florida I, I respect him as a player I mean he was fantastic Missouri's couldn't tackle their their defense was uh, not great in this game, and I mean Florida is a really tough task, but they they could not make tackles. That's that's somewhere they really need to improve there, Uh, and that's something that I feel like Missouri has done well at times this season. But
0: yeah, the um, tackling
1: just wasn't wasn't there.
0: No, I looked up the pronunciation
1: guide. Okay, let's hear it.
0: It's Meevis.
1: How do you know? Like, is this the Missouri? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, don't ever say Mevis again or else are I'll, you're
0: fired. Give Thank you. And so, I think that's the way the announcers have been saying it, so I should have learned because they're looking at the pronunciation. Well, they're guy, not always probably.
1: right. but
0: um, Yeah, it was disappointing to see the offense just completely fall flat after, you know, winning in two completely different ways in the previous two games he's threw the ball 40 times. 1.7 yards per attempt.
1: Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. Um does this game change your outlook on the season whatsoever?
0: Sorry, I, I was looking at the rushing. I was looking at the rushing totals. He threw the ball 40 times. 5.2 yards per attempt. 1.7's a little That's a little low. I was going to say like 5.2 yards per that's attempt. Awful. 200 yards. Okay. No touchdowns, no interceptions.
1: Does this, this uh, game change your outlook at all for the season?
0: Well, let's talk about that. Um, Missouri is halfway through the season. They're two and three. Losses to Alabama, Tennessee, and Florida. Wins against LSU and Kentucky. Yeah. They still play Georgia, South Carolina, Arkansas, Mississippi State, and Vanderbilt. I kind of like that schedule mm. down the stretch. Yeah. I feel like there's four winnable games there
1: yeah the first half of the schedule is a gauntlet and we knew that coming into it this game was disappointing um considering what we had just done the the previous two games coming off two wins and all of the good things that we had said on this podcast the last two weeks Um, i think if
0: florida just doesn't lose to a&m and they're top five in the country i legitimately
1: think they they are a a top five team in the country potentially but um yeah, so it was disappointing, but you know, to think about where we, where we were before the season started, to mm-hmm. to think about how things have gone, I am still thrilled with with where we are. Um, and we always knew that there was going to be some bumps in the season, and uh, where we were hopefully going to see some growth. And it just doesn't, it's not, it shouldn't have been surprising to anybody. Well, that's what I was about game. to
0: say. Uh, if you want really to hear me settle for mediocrity actually being disappointed in this result is actually kind of a good thing because, you know, preseason, if you tell me Florida beats Missouri 41 to 17, I'm like, well, yeah, of course. Yeah. And would you be disappointed in that? Uh, no, not really. That's exactly what I would expect. Yeah. Now, the only reason I expected more than that is because this team has impressed a little bit lately.
1: Yeah. We are far beyond where I thought we would be. Um, at this point in the season so uh you know and we it's tough because we've got a bye week and then we play Georgia who's just as good or better than Florida so um you know Georgia may present a, a better opportunity for a closer game than Florida did just because I think Florida's offense is a lot better than Georgia but um it's still going to be that's still an incredibly difficult game so yeah. it may not get better for a little bit
0: yeah, Florida and Georgia play this week, right? Yeah, so that'll be one to watch. That's and a big game. Maybe we can learn something That's going, the into the Florida, going into the Florida going into
1: the championship pretty much. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um,
1: man, we gotta pick that game later. Yeah. I was about to ask you your prediction, but that would have <laughs> been against the rules. <laughs>
0: yeah, save it. Save <laughs> it. Um, yeah, I really, I think Florida is good. We'll, well, yeah, we'll have to. We'll be thinking about that.
1: Kyle Trask, Heisman. Conversation.
0: Yeah. Weird. That's weird to say.
1: Yeah.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I hope, uh, I, I don't know, I could see Missouri's got to, they've got to be more consistent on offense in the last four games of the season. Yeah. We've seen them be, we've seen the offense be incredible. We've seen the offense be literally unable to do anything. We've seen both extremes. So
1: need that old line to get healthy. Yeah, that's that, the key. I yep, think
0: that'll be a big part of it. Yeah, I think the weapons are there. They just they don't even need the offensive line to be incredible. They just need them to have be healthy and be serviceable. All right, is that all you got to say about that Florida game? I'm ready to put it behind. I us. I was just
1: about to say I'm ready to move on from that.
0: <laughs> all right, there's no game to preview this week. Next week, they play Georgia, another big game. And then the schedule sets up nicely for maybe a couple, few, several wins there.
1: I, or horrible disappointments. Yes. <laughs> but uh, it should be a really fun second half of the year. I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to seeing a little bit lighter schedule. You know, it's fun to see Missouri play against, you know, Alabama and Georgia. But in some ways, I guess, just because they're – just, it's fun to see Missouri go against a- incredible talent and you know legendary coaches and stuff like that, but it's also really fun just to see them win. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, you remind me preseason you predicted five wins. Yeah. That's on the table. It's definitely on the they table. They
1: should. I think it would be disappointing if they didn't get to five wins at this point. Uh, don't set yourself up for disappointment I'm now, saying, Kyle. I mean, would you be disappointed if they didn't get? Two wins out of, like, Arkansas, Mississippi State, and Vanderbilt?
0: Well, two wins would only have them at four. Yes. So I'm saying that's that's okay. I'm not – yeah, I'm saying that would not be too terribly disappointing I compared s- to I'm, the beginning of the season.
1: I'm saying would you be disappointed if they didn't get to two wins out of those oh, three? If they,
0: if they didn't, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I had them at three wins preseason. So, even though I like where they're at now better than I did in the preseason, I don't want to get my hopes too high. They're, I, they're getting to five. I don't want to get my hopes too high.
1: They're getting to five. You can book it. Blood bank guarantee. Right, right. producer Cameron?
0: Right. Don't bet any <laughs> money on that. Don't bet any money on that, listeners.
1: They're, and they're about to win the bye week this week, too. So, that's that's well, another win well, in my book.
0: Hell, yeah, your book only, <laughs> unfortunately. Not the record books. Um, oh, you're
1: always trying to talk about the record books. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Producer Cameron, are we, are we picking some games? Did I make up any ground last week?
2: Yeah. Let's go. All right. So last week, um, Cameron, you gained five points. Kyle gained four points. So Kyle's three-point lead is now two points. Kyle has 27. Cameron has 25. Great Going job. into week seven.
0: We're coming for you. So We... Oh, yeah. Me, me, my whole crew.
2: Me, me myself, and I. <laughs> yep. Okay, so first game is number eight, Florida, at number five, Georgia. Oh, you just
1: did that one right off the bat, didn't you? You're yeah. supposed to save that. That's okay.
2: That's supposed to be the grand finale. Um, I just did it in the order of ESPN, him. <laughs> Sorry.
1: What? Uh, is that in the morning? Surely not.
2: Prime time? Let me check. That's okay. We'll talk about it while you check. Georgia is a three-and-a-half point favorite. Mm. Where is
0: it being played? Sorry, I'm doing a really good job of listening. At,
2: at Georgia. How did? At Florida Georgia at two thirty p.m.
1: How did Florida lose? CBS
2: to A&M. Yes. That's, how did they do that? Uh, fluke.
1: How did they do that? Um, <laughs> it was a fluke. Who are you picking in this game?
0: What's Georgia? Um, hmm. Interesting. Interesting.
1: okay i picked florida to win the east um at the beginning of the season me so too i gotta stay on brand i gotta pick florida
0: picking the upset
1: yeah florida's man they're just so well-rounded they've and georgia's offense has really struggled georgia only beat uh, georgia only scored 14 points against kentucky last week
0: true 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 beat tennessee 44 to 21 true hmm this will be a good one this will be a good one i guess Mm, i want to go against you i'm gonna pick florida with you gotta do it
1: i'm a little bit relieved
0: (laughs) (laughs) I i won't enjoy rooting for florida in that matchup though i wouldn't enjoy rooting for either of those teams but considering
1: do you like do you dislike dan mullen more than tom herman
0: no pretty even though
1: yeah he's getting up there for me yeah
0: i mean we all know your history the two of you
1: tom herman and i oh yes yeah you go way back (laughs) me and the entire texas fan base and players
0: yes (laughs) but you've got how many other fan bases on your side oklahoma Oklahoma, notre dame oklahoma notre
1: dame (laughs) ohio state all of these fan bases have come to my aid so (laughs)
2: I made a slight miscalculation. Oh, okay, let's hear it. I didn't give you credit for the upset pick, so you're actually only one point behind Kyle. What oh. upset pick? Well, yeah, what did I pick? Uh, Auburn over LSU. I got to stop
1: picking against Auburn. They're looking Oh yeah, they're looking decent. So they're it's back, folks.
2: 27
0: to 26, Ooh. Kyle's Lee. Well, in that case, I'm picking Florida.
2: <laughs> Just making sure. All right. <laughs> okay, game two is Vanderbilt. At Mississippi State. Oh, good lord! Jeez. Mississippi <laughs> State is a 19-point favorite. What? 19? 19. 19. All
0: right, okay. give me the give me the favorites. Mississippi State.
1: I am honestly surprised. I mean, that is a massive spread. Vanderbilt bad. I, they must be. I'm picking Mississippi State. I guess. I hate doing that.
0: <laughs> Game three. I'll is give you five points if you pick. Vanderbilt
2: may no, win. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Game three is number seven, Texas A&M at South Carolina. Texas A&M is a ten point favorite.
0: Um, Mike Bobo lets me down no matter how I uh, pick here.
1: Mike Bobo, Mike Bobo was heroic for me earlier this year when they beat Auburn. But I got to pick A&M.
2: Yeah, me too. Game number four is Tennessee at Arkansas. Tennessee is a – just a second. It's either oh, 1.5 or 15. Oh, my god! It's gosh.
0: probably <laughs> 1.5. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well.
1: Where is this game being played again? At Arkansas?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'll make it easy for you, Kyle. I'm picking Arkansas.
1: Dang it. <laughs> I was about to pick Arkansas. You can pick them. Just, we'll, agree be the a, we'll agree ever. in every single, every single pick.
0: Arkansas's got it going on. Yeah, I got I yeah, got Arkansas. 1.
1: 1.5. Sorry, everyone. We picked the exact same games.
0: We both pick Arkansas.
2: Mm, both going for the upset. <laughs> yeah, but it means nothing Big if we both upset. get it. Okay, and... Nebraska what? plays this week. They do? They ten? are back again, I guess. Big Ten's playing football? Something. Mike Frost. <laughs> your... And that's it. That's all we got today. <laughs> Who are they playing? <laughs> Nebraska is at Northwestern. <laughs> Northwestern is a four-point favorite.
0: Oh, my.
1: Who? Northwestern. All right.
0: Give me Nebraska. I know Kyle doesn't want to pick them. Oh, God that's a free yeah, two points give for me. me
1: give me northwestern <laughs> let's go
0: taking the lead
1: i had to pick we had to disagree on something mm-hmm.
0: that's why i got that nebraska pick in there quick
1: i forgot they were, had a football team i forgot they were playing yeah
0: uh how about trevor lawrence gonna be out against notre dame they are gonna lose they almost lost against whoever that was boston college
1: not georgia tech
0: yeah. <laughs> no they yeah, didn't boston. almost lose to them
1: yeah. Uh. Yeah. Bye week. This week. Um. Prepare for Georgia. Coach. Coach drinks good on a buy. Off a buy.
0: On or off? I've heard.
1: Yeah. That too. Uh.
0: Try do something. Get that memory of the uh, Florida game out of your head.
1: Uh. Yeah. I hate you, Dan Mullen. Yeah. Um. Hope. I think that pretty much covers it.
0: Yeah. It. It honestly feels like the Florida game was a month ago because it of all the election does, stuff.
1: Yeah. That was only like three days ago. That's pretty crazy. Oof. Wow. Alright, everybody, so we'll wrap this thing up. You can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or on Twitter and Instagram at Missouri Sports Pod, and you can email us at Missouri at gmail.com.
2: You can get t shirts and stickers on our shop at Missouri Sports Pod.bigCartel.com
0: Thank you everyone for listening. We'll see you next week
1: after bye. We need a teleprompter.